Well, good morning, everybody. It's that time now, getting into the exciting part of the service, the Word of God. This morning, I'm going to keep it very simple. All right. I want to talk about guarding and protecting our greatest asset. What is it? Well, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I'm going to read three different, uh, different uh, translations. And uh, so you get the, the broad meaning of, of, of this, this uh, scripture. It's only one, one verse. This is where we start, all right? Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance or diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. That's an ESV or NRSV. Let's go to the New King James Version. Keep or watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. That's New King James Version. And let's go to uh, look at NIV, New International Version. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Interesting. Interesting. The question now we're gonna we're gonna ask is why the heart? How important is this heart? Well, from that scripture, that short verse, I can see the language that is expressed shows that our heart is like a reservoir. Yeah, because things flows from it. The issues of life, the the uh, spring, the it springs the issues of life, and everything flows from it. So if I can think of reservoir in a city, if a reservoir in a city is polluted, guess what? The whole city is polluted. You want to poison the citizen in the city, you poison the reservoir, that's it. You poison the city. The city will be, will be shut down pretty much. Yeah? So... It is very important because everything flows from it. Let's look what, let's read what, what Jesus uh, said about this thing, okay? And uh, because because of it's it's very because it is so significant that it is our job to guard our hearts. That's as the writer of the book of Proverbs just said. But let's see what Jesus said here. Let's go to uh, in Matthew chapter twelve. And uh, Luke chapter six verse forty-three. Let's let's read uh, Luke six verse forty-three. As a matter of fact, we start from uh, verse forty-five. It says here, "A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart." Okay, I'll read it again. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Okay. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, it says, The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. 
and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. So both Matthew and Luke talk about the very core of our being, whatever we have in the inside of us, that's what's going to come out. So uh, here's the thing. People say, you know, in public, you know, out of politeness and all those things, we need to watch what we say and, you know, how, how we do things. And, and yeah, in, in, a, in, in our relationship with friend, in, in friendship or even with, with our family, in marriage and, and, and with friends, we, we, as human, we try to, to watch what we say and what we do and, yeah, to do the right thing. But according to both the book of Proverbs and what Jesus said in, in the uh, Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke is that that's not where it begins. It's not what you say. Even though you will be judged according to, to uh, the saying of Jesus, you will be judged according to what you say. But but we can do all we can and try to do, say the right thing and, and all those things. But Jesus said, the Bible clearly says that it begins with the heart. Because sometimes, you know, I watch people, they're, they're very careful in what they say, but it's a matter of time when uh, under uh, adverse sort of situation, what is, what's really in the house will, will come out. Really. They, you know, it's like they get hurt or whatever. Whatever is stored up in their hearts will be manifested. And even though they try to say the right thing, it will come out in what they say. So, uh, and I even want to broaden this thing, even, you know, with, with uh, broader life circumstances. We can't control what's going out, what's, what's happening outside us in the world, especially now with COVID-19 and, and all those things. People are, people are upset here and there. And we try to control, we try to, to do all these things, try to change uh, our surrounding to make us safe. Yes, we can do that, but that, that is not a lasting thing that will, will, will keep us well or keep us, keep us sane. Uh, and uh, I believe, you know, the, the, the things that happen outside of us, in a, away from us, don't necessarily make us. If anything, when the hostile situation, the situation that is not, that is not uh, user-friendly to, to me, when they happen outside, those situations often is not uh, making me, but actually they reveal who I really am in the inside. Because what's, like the Bible says, whatever that is stored up in, in, in my heart will come forth. So things don't make me, but they often reveal who I really am in the inside. So uh, that's why the Bible says, to guard your heart with all diligence. Yeah? We need to guard our hearts. However, I want to I talk about the reality of human hearts. The Bible is very clear about the reality of human hearts. Let me, let me uh, read a scripture from Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 17. Now, you've got to understand, Jeremiah is a prophet in the Old Testament. He is uh, assigned by God. At the, you know, even at when he was even a youth, he was called by God to be a prophet to the nation and nations. 
to bring Israel back because they rebelled against God, to bring them back to the covenant and the promise they have with God, the relationship they have with God. So in Jeremiah chapter 17, he described the condition of human heart. Because remember, as I said, it is our responsibility to guard our hearts. But how do we do that? Let's see what, how Jeremiah described our hearts as human beings. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, whoa, and desperately sick or wicked, another translation would say that. Who can understand it? In verse 10, this is God speaking to Jeremiah, describing the human heart, okay? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. It's a powerful scripture. Yeah? So if, you know, on the one hand, we are responsible to guard our hearts with everything that we have. Yeah? To be diligent, to be watchful, to be vigilant, you know, in one of the translations. And because, like Jesus said, out of it, or in the book of Proverbs, everything, every evil and good comes out of it. But here's the thing. It's almost like that is great, but it's almost unfair. It's like even as God's people, God sent his prophet because they don't know how to do it. They, they are not capable because it says here, the heart is deceitful. Wow. And desperately wicked or incurably sick if I can if I can uh, use the uh, the simple term it's is sick how do we how do we then in other words we are not capable to even our best at some point our you know because of the condition of our heart in that way it will let us down but the good thing is God has a promise okay God has a solution on the one hand, Jeremiah was prophesying the downfall of Israel as God's people because their heart is wicked. So God, you know, a few chapters later, okay, this is Jeremiah chapter 17, speaking of the judgment of God concerning Israel of their, because of their sin. But God, being a good God, he doesn't leave us destitute in that way, in a desperate situation. He has a solution. So by the time you read Jeremiah from 17, 18, 19, 20, all the way, and then by the time we arrive in Jeremiah chapter 31, he started to prophesy and, and present God's promise in the future for his people. And in Jeremiah 31, I'm going to restart from from verse 31 concerning the heart of man okay let's let's read it from 31 to uh, 34 all right he says here verse 31 jeremiah 31 verse 31 behold the days are coming declares the lord when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and the house of judah not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. He's speaking of the day when they were in Mount Sinai. After crossing the Red Sea, they went to Mount Sinai and God made the Ten Commandments, the covenant. He said, my covenant that they broke 
though I was their husband, declares the Lord. Now verse 33. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. God is, God is speaking about something in the future. Okay? Declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. Okay? In Mount Sinai, what happened is the law was written by the finger of God, if you read the, the book of Exodus, and it was on tablets of stone. God wrote by the finger of God the Ten Commandments, which is the major law. And he said, but this time he said, the new covenant that I will make, he said, I will put my law within them. In other words, it's not an outward thing, but it will be an internal thing. And I will write it on their hearts. Powerful. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Obviously, Jesus, uh, God was speaking of something in the future, you know, the whole forgiveness of sin, complete forgiveness of the sin of God's people, speaking of the work of Je the ministry of Jesus, okay? So, so God made that promise, and that promise was given when they were in exile, when they were just going crazy. Now, in, during that time of, of exile, while the children of Israel was in Babylonian captivity, God raised another prophet who made the same promise, pretty much almost to confirm what Jeremiah just said. But this promise slowly in a different in a different way, but it's powerful. Let's read. It's recorded in Jeremiah eleven verse nineteen, and also word for word in Jeremiah thirty six verse twenty six. Okay, let's read. I'm going to read from Jeremiah thirty six, verse twenty six. Jeremiah thirty six verse twenty six, and it says here, "I will give you a new heart and a new spirit." I will put within you, love this, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And verse 27, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Remember, now like in Jeremiah, God writes his law in their hearts. Here, the way it is expressed, he said, I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So the same promise expressed in a different way. And verse 28, and you shall, you shall dwell in the land that I gave you to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. So it's the same relational promise here. So, in Jeremiah, God, God said, I'm going to write my law in their hearts. And I th it's almost like the other, the, other, uh, the other side of the coin for, for, from, uh, from Ezekiel. It's like, how God's going to do that? And according to Ezekiel, God said, the way, the way I'm going to fix, because they don't know how to keep my law because of the condition of their heart, like in Jeremiah 17, before we read, desperately wicked and deceitful, guess what I'm going to do? 
My solution is this. I'm going to give them a new heart, according to Ezekiel. And just like Ezekiel, uh, Jeremiah said in, in uh, chapter 17, uh, I will write my law in their hearts, or Jeremiah 31. So I'm going to give, give them a new heart. It's almost like it, it takes a new heart from God himself for the law of God to be written in our hearts. Yeah. And obviously, this, not only, not only God gives a new heart, the promise is, and he will write the law, but he said, I will put my spirit in them. Obviously, this is the promise that is fulfilled through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Okay? So, when Jesus came to earth, Jesus came, and obviously, you know, in teaching his disciples in his ministry, Jesus, uh, before, before his, his death, before his crucifixion, he was praying for his disciples. And throughout all his ministry, Jesus, the way he taught, the way he he. He even talked about the, the temple, everything. There was an, a sense of anticipation of this new era that was, that was promised by Jeremiah and Ezekiel. So Jesus was anticipating this. And this is very clear when the night before Jesus was crucified, he was praying. He was talking to the disciples. He was spending just private time, intimate time with the disciples, beginning with him washing their feet and they're having supper together and, you know, we know as the Last Supper. And during that time, Jesus started to teach on the, the role of the Holy Spirit. And in, in all this is Jesus' anticipation. He was anticipating the new era. And in John chapter 16, verse 13, he started teaching the disciples concerning the Holy Spirit. And he said, when the Spirit of truth, he calls it the Spirit of truth. He will guide you, he said. When he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Now, I want to I wanna just make sure. When we talk about the truth, the truth here is none other than what Jesus said or what we believe, the truth is the word of God. Why I believe that? Because Jesus said in John chapter uh, 8, verse 31 and 32, it says that Jesus spoke to uh, the Jews who believe in him. So these are believers. He said, if you abide or if you remain in my word, he said, then you will be my disciples then, only then, you will know the truth. How? Abiding in the word of Jesus or remaining in the word of Jesus and becoming his disciples. Then you will know the truth. And then sub subsequently, after abiding in the word of Jesus and knowing the truth, and then he said, then the truth will set you free. So that kind of truth. The truth means the word of God, whatever Jesus spoke, okay? And uh, now here's the thing. <clears throat> like I said, Jesus 
in his last moments with the disciples before his crucifixion, he spent time with the disciples encouraging them concerning the spirit of truth that will guide them into all the truth. In other words, the truth of God is so profound and so deep, so big that it takes God's spirit to know or it takes the spirit of truth for us to know the truth. Now in that same night, in, in, uh, in that same moment, that intimate, intimate moment, in John chapter 17, verse 13, Jesus then, after spending time with the disciples, he then went by himself and started praying for the disciples. Praying to the Father. And some of the prayer, some of the, con you know, the, the part of the content of the prayer, he was praying for them in verse 17, verse 13 here. Chapter 17, verse 13. This is what Jesus, Jesus said to the Father. But now, I am coming to you, Father, and these things I speak in the world, that they, the disciples, may have joy fulfilled in themselves. Now listen to verse 14. I have given them your word, okay, the word that you gave me, Father. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Now I want you to pay close attention in the next verse. This is powerful. Verse 15. I do not ask that you, Father, take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. How's gonna, how, how is God going to keep the disciples from the evil one? Verse 16, he said, They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And this is, this is what Jesus said. Sanctify them or separate them or, you know, make them holy. How? In the truth. Remember the truth that he we spoke before, we read before? The truth that the spirit of truth will lead us into, which is the word of God. Okay? And then he, he confirmed that. He said, sanctify them or or set them apart, or make them holy in the truth, your word is truth. So here's the thing, there's no other truth but the word of God, okay? So here's, here's the powerful thing. God promised, this is pretty much the fulfillment, what Jesus is anticipating, and he's praying it into being, Jesus was anticipating a new era, a new age, after his death and resurrection. What was what God promised through Jeremiah and Ezekiel? I will give them a new heart, and I will put my spirit in them, and I will write my law in them. So in, in the Old Testament, Mount Sinai, God wrote the law on by his, you know, we all know the story, if you know, if you read Exodus, by the finger of God, God wrote the law on, his law on the tablets of stones. But now in this new era that Jesus is, is anticipating, God wrote his law not on the tablets of stone, but in the hearts of men. How? By the Spirit of God, you see? So the Spirit of God wrote the law in the hearts of the people. And what really uh, 
amazes me is that, like Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Jesus put so much trust in the truth of the Word of God, the truth that is contained in the Word of God. Just think, he's, he, he, in his, while, while praying to the Father, he realized that was his last moment with his disciples. He's not, he's not going to see them anymore. He'll be with the Father. But he believes that the truth will be enough to look after them. That's why in, in his prayer, he said, I'm not asking you, Dad or Father, <laughs> to take them out of, the, out of the world. They will be in the world. But the truth, your truth, your word, that will keep them set apart for you. He put so much trust in the truth of the word of God. It is this truth, I believe, that will keep you and I in our walk with God. Listen, we are going through this situation, you know, COVID-19, and maybe there are other stuff for as long as we live. There will always be something that we that that will test our faith, you know, will, 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 will stir us up. Like I said, we can't change our situation. We can't change our surrounding. But one thing we can do is to guard our hearts. Now the Bible when 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 I when I speak, when I'm in, in the beginning when I said, how do we guard or protect our greatest asset, which is our heart? I'm not talking about many people, you know. When they think in this term about guarding us or protecting their hearts, it's sort of in the in the context of self-preservation. Bible never talks about that. Like Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. But the way to guard our hearts is by having the truth as the the uh, as our guards. You know, Put the truth in us, the word of God in us, that will be our God. That is, that is the only way we can protect our hearts. And here's the key. It's not just knowing the truth, like Jesus said, we have to abide in it. We have to remain in that. Or live by, the, by it, live in it. It's not just knowing the truth, but submitting to it. We know the truth, it gives us, gives us knowledge, but submitting to it transforms you and I. Now, I'm speaking like this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. After being in ministry for nearly 40 years, you go and, and being a Christian for, for 42 years, 40, yeah, 42 years, it's, it's like I go through stuff like many other people go through. One of the one of the thing my my uh, thing that I, I always have to guard my heart against is maybe because I am you know being a musician maybe that's part of it I tend to become melancholic about stuff and and I have to guard my heart against things like for example the depression especially in times like this or many other things but I want to say this. With everything, like you know, after so many years being 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 a disciple of Jesus, there's only one thing that I know that has proven to be my strength, and that is 
not because I, I try to psychosomatically uh, hype myself up to, you know, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay, no, 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 no. I've done that, it didn't work. Guess what? Doesn't matter how I feel, I, I hang on to the Word of God. I mean it. I hang on to the Word of God with every, everything that, that I have. So sometimes, you know, you, you got this voice out of, you know, up from outside, you know, you're this, you're that, you know, it's like, you're, you're, you're not good or whatever. My thing is like, just like Jesus would, would do it when he was tempted. But it is written. But the Word of God says this, and I hang on to the Word of God. The Bible says, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. The moment you put the Word of God in you, guess what? Faith comes. Yeah, faith comes. So my encouragement to you, practically speaking, I develop a habit. Maybe, I'm sure some of you have heard me say this. This is my motto in life when it comes to the Word of God. I've made it my, my, my habit, and that is, I have this saying, no Bible, no breakfast. That's how I live my life. Before I even touch the Bible, before I touch any food in the morning, I make sure I touch my, fill myself with spiritual food. Now, when I say, I'm not talking about studying the Bible and really working really hard. Just read it. Just read it. I don't care. One chapter, two chapters, like whatever it is, just read it. And I'm amazed that, remember being the read the scripture, it says, and the spirit of truth will lead us into all the truth. It's amazing. I would, I would talk to somebody or in a, come into a, into a situation where I would think, okay, what, what's the answer? All of a sudden, scripture will come into my head. And I thought, oh, I read that the other day. You know what? It's the spirit of truth that leads me in that situation. If I don't put the truth, the spirit of truth will have nothing to work with. So, yes, the spirit of truth, but I need to put that truth, the word of God, in my heart. So that's my encouragement to you guys. Now, you might not be as legalistic as I am, no Bible, no breakfast, but read something every day, the Word of God, because it is the truth that will set you apart as a man of God, as a woman of God, as God's people. So I'm going to pray for you that God, at this moment, the Holy Spirit will do something radical in your hearts. If you don't, if you, if you're, if you don't know Jesus, maybe you're gonna come to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I need you. It really is that simple. I need you. I want you. Just even say now, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you. And I want your truth. So let me pray for you all in close. Father, I pray for these people. We love you, Lord Jesus. We believe your truth. It is the only way for us to guard our hearts is by having your word in us. Yes. Yes, Lord. I pray that uh, the Holy Spirit will guide all those people who are listening to me now. Guide them into all the truth. 
because it is the only thing that will set them apart as your people. And it is the thing that will set them free, set us free. Let there be a revolution of truth in the hearts of your people. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your people. Let's just worship God with this beautiful song. Thank you, Lord. God bless you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus.